It's me, Matty Morphosis, and I'm excited to announce that you can now listen to my hit show, Give It To Me Straight, on your favorite podcast app, Thanks To Mom. I sit down with Drag Race alumni, music stars, and influencers, and challenge them to give it to me straight in an interview full of in-depth, personal, and always shady questions. Catch up on previous episodes and listen to all new interviews every other Thursday. In this week's episode, I sit down with Moguls of Media's very own Alaska. M. Oh. M. Mom! Hi guys, welcome back to Give It To Me Straight, where if you're not bringing up childhood trauma, you're not doing drag. On the show today, we have all the way from Drag Race Season 5 and All Stars 2, the winner of All Stars 2, Miss Alaska Thunderfuck 5000. Hello. Or Alaska Thunder Redacted, because I'm going to have to censor it for monetization purposes. Demonetize. But people swear on your show. Well, not in the first little bit. There's like all kinds of weird YouTube rules. So oh, it's in like, the first bit you can't swear? Oh, it's, it's like the context. Like if you say, like if you say, say fuck, it's fine. But if you're like, if you're like, oh, it was a crazy fucking day. But if you're like, oh, we were fucking, then it's then like censor. Yeah, it's a bunch of weird rules. And you have to censor it in the first X number of minutes. And yeah. You know what like annoys stuff. me is that now like you can't even say like gay. Like people like. When you're sharing a meme on like Instagram, people like blur out or like scribble over the word gay. Mm-hmm. Like we can't even. Is that a thing too? We can't even say the word like gay. We anymore. don't want to alienate your Florida audience, you know. <laughs> like what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a crazy world we live in. It's like we're like a lot of times progress is like two steps forward, one step back. But like we're doing those steps at the same time. So until we're just like slowly doing a split, you know? Totally. Yeah. It's, it's so weird. Everything feels so progressive, but also regressive at the same time. Yeah, it's so weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But say love you. I've sent those <laughs> little clip in the back. Of course. Are they always in there? Or is it just like smoke and mirrors for today? I this, don't like to expose your secrets. This is holding up the whole operation. Like the whole thing can't even stay up without these like if i didn't bring these i wouldn't come today like if you unclipped them it'd just be like a l'oreal commercial and it'll just like fall down just like it would not it would would all come undone (laughs) but with your name alaska uh alaska thunderfuck 5000 which Mm -hmm. is a good strong christian name yeah did did you ever think of renaming yourself something a little more brand friendly something like alaska cruise or you know just something a little bit more googleable and not you know Cruise, like C-R-U-Z, like Ted Cruz? Uh, back to the Florida again. No, not like that. No. It's just, <laughs> but just just in a way where it's like, you know, some queens, because obviously like with Drag Race, you had to like go by just like the mononym of Alaska. But did you ever think oh, to yeah. just like redact the name just because of like, you know, promotional brand reasons? Well, people always ask me like, oh, did you change your name? You changed your name to just Alaska or Alaska 5000. Like, no, my name just changes based on like what the gig is. Like mm-hmm. if it's a children's like library reading, it's just Alaska. It's just Alaska or Alaska 5000 if you want to be able to Google it. But the full mm-hmm. name is Alaska Thunderfuck 5000. There's no That's... more extra names tacked on anywhere. No past middle names, like little joke names thrown in there sometimes. No, unless I get married. Okay. This then I'll hyphenated. Hyphenate. Yeah. Or would you hyphenate? Williams. <laughs> Williams. <laughs> Alaska Thunderfuck 5000 Williams. Oh, the 5000 is hyphenated. Okay. Yeah. I, I thought the 5000 was just kind of like a senior junior at the end. I didn't know that was the technical last name. It is technically the name because I had a drag daughter named Petunia Bonaparte 5000. We like to smoke weed so much mm-hmm. that that was like our thing. Mm-hmm. And I was 
I named her that just that like came to me, Petunia Bonaparte 5000. And then I was like, I'm jealous that you have 5000 at the end of your name. So I like adopted it. Oh, so that wasn't because your name was based off um, a certain strain of cannabis. 5000 yeah. wasn't part of it. No. Oh, OK. Was, was your uh, drag sister's name also a strain of cannabis? No. Oh, so it's just the 5,000 is like the link. You're just like, okay. Yeah. It's all pieced together. It's like a little grab bag. Yeah. Did you come up with that name like in high school or was it after? It was in college because I never smoked weed until college. No? Never. That's weird because like whenever you were like in high school, you looked like like the traditional like stoner kid. I think it's the soul patch. But I think it's, I think it's, maybe it's a soul patch, but you definitely gave very like zoinks energy in high school. That's definitely like the aesthetic. How sweet. What is going on? Let's unpack this. Soul patch. That was my vibe. I'm also wearing brown contacts. You were in contacts back then? Yeah. I, I never liked having like light eyes. I always wanted dark eyes. And so even in like high school, I was like finding a way to wear brown contacts. And um, oh my gosh, what a sweet little child. And I had ear piercings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in high school, like, uh, you you graduated high school early two thousands, which the world was not the most friendly towards um, the queer community around that time. Were you a- out in high school, or is that, is that did you wait till after high school? I wasn't out at first, and then it then I was, and then it just was like the floodgates were open, and that was it. And like, the, oh, well, here I am, and I was like the only gay kid in high school. I mm. wish that children could time travel. To be the one gay person in high school is mm-hmm. like being Madonna. It's like the best thing. It's the best thing? Yes. Oh. Uh, the one out gay person. Like there were okay. others, but that, you know, I was such a trailblazer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, brought, uh, you, you brought homosexuality to that town on a I padded did. wagon. I did. Yeah. <laughs> a pioneer. And I, and I was prom king because of it. Yeah, you were prom king. Like a lot of people wouldn't expect that about you. But like you actually were, I was, I was going to lead into that next. I was going to ask because like I said, like the queer community was not the most popular on the early 2000s, but you were, despite also being a theater kid, you were like the prom king. You actually had a certain level of popularity. Was that like a, you were really popular or was it like a girl in the wheelchair type situation? It was, <laughs> don't cry on love. <laughs> it was. Because I was gay and because in our school... and It was the girl in the wheelchair situation. It was very. Because in our school, I don't know if this is how it is everywhere, but like the girls vote for prom king and the boys vote for prom queen, which is like weird, but that's how they did it. Oh, okay. And so, of course, all the girls wanted to vote for the gay. The gay. Mm -hmm. But take it back though, like before high school, before like, you know, theater and art club, like what kind of kid were you growing up? Like, were you always, like, a little performer? No, I, I was, like, very introverted. Very introverted? Yeah. You were just, like, a, a six-foot-two introverted four-year-old, just <laughs> shy. <laughs> I was, because I was, like, because I was, like, I'm gay and I'm not allowed to be gay, so I'm just going to, like, hang out by myself and, mm-hmm. like, draw pictures. Was it, like, after, like, getting into stuff like art club and stuff that got you more out of your shell and more comfortable? Or... What, what was the moment you got outed? Like, was there an event that occurred? Or did you just, like, slowly just unravel yourself? Like, honestly, I don't even, I don't even know. Well, I was, like, dating somebody. And he was, like, coming around all the time because we were dating. 
And I was like, mom, this is my friend, Phil. And we, we know each other from school. Meanwhile, my mom worked for the school district. Mm. So she was like, no, he doesn't go to the fucking school. Like the school isn't that big. Mm-hmm. It was stupid. So my mom eventually was like, Justin, are you a homosexual? And I was like, yeah. So that was like, I mean, that's that's my coming out. Was he like the the token uh, gay kid at like the, the school, the next school over? He was graduated. Oh, he worked at a bank. Oh, you had a banker. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Did he work at a bank? It was a time long past. But in no, for this fantasy. No, he worked at Walmart. Oh. Why did I but, wait, but what no, did he do? At he Walmart? worked at a bank too. Did he work at like the bank inside the Walmart? No. Was it a little column A, a little column B? <laughs> no, he definitely worked at Walmart, but also worked at a bank, I think. He worked two jobs to take care of his. A single mom who works. <laughs> the one that got away. <laughs> Hi, Phil, if you're out there watching. Yeah, he's hard at work at the Walmart, mm-hmm. you know, Bank of America. Totally. Uh, <laughs> he's a manager now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you love this? Just having a beer, a couple of guys. Mm-hmm. You know, you want you want a president that you could just have a beer with, you mm-hmm. know? I like my drag queens like I like my presidents. Mm. Someone you can have a beer with. Electable, relatable, mm-hmm. likable. Yeah. <laughs> Alcoholic. This is actually an un for, for monetization reasons, I have to point out this is unalcoholic beer. This is uh yeah, just glorified. It's like an it's like an awful tasting seltzer. It is. Well, you like beer though. It is. I do sometimes. Yeah. You're you're what Twitter thought I was. Just like a beer loving drag queen. Right. Yeah. yeah. I love that you're dressed like me. This is my favorite thing is things that resemble myself. Just flattery. I love yeah. it. You look so good. Do you feel pretty? In, in like, a, you know, in an abstract way, you know, it's a, I don't feel like a, I don't feel like conventionally like I don't feel like, um, you know, like a Tyra Banks kind of pretty. Yeah, I feel pretty and like. That one really hot girl in high school that looked like she smelled like cat pee, you know? Like, I feel like that kind of pretty. Okay, I see that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely, like, she's pretty, but you know her underarm's got a lot of hair on it, you know? Okay, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. In the best way possible, of course, of course. I like it. You look great. (laughs) Thank you. With most of the guests on the show, I try to dress in a way that compliments them. Sometimes just slight homages and sometimes, like, more one-to-one recreations in a sense and like yeah. with yours i didn't even have to like look up pictures like i had in my head of like the alaska brand i think you really did brand yourself and amongst the millions of drag queens that have been on drag race now i feel like you're like top 10 like recognizable do you do you feel that would you agree with that assessment do you think you're like in that mount rushmore of drag queens yeah yeah <laughs> Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think so uh-huh. Why, why do you think it is that made you so like stand out amongst all the others? Timing and luck. Hey. I got on Drag Race at like I started drag the year that Drag Race started, mm-hmm. like as a TV show, not because of it, just that was a coincidence. And so it like was a trajectory, and like the fact that I didn't get on too early, mm-hmm. I got on at a great time. It was a great season. 
I was really lucky and it was just, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like you really built a brand post drag race too, because you had that power dynamic when you were first on because you were dating a, a winner at that time. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, and then after the show, you made a successful podcast with Willem, who was also infamously famous in the drag race fandom. Have you like always been a coattail writer or was that also just luck and happenstance? <laughs> you did it. She did it. Like, <laughs> classic. <laughs> well, I don't even remember the question. That was funny. Um, no, yeah, totally. Yeah. Because <laughs> all the pieces just kind of fell into place. Yeah. No, yeah. But whenever, yeah. whenever you first moved to L.A., le- leaving little old Pennsylvania, moving to the big city, you wanted to become an actor. But like, like I said, back in high school, you were big in like art club. Did you always have a plan to be a performer of some kind? Or was it just kind of a, a fever dream you were chasing? Like, did you have a backup plan? When I was little, I always would, like, envision myself being a girl and singing songs in rooms of people. And I didn't know what that meant. It was inspired by Jewel a lot because I, like, listened to her music. (laughs) And so I didn't know what that meant. But then once I, like, discovered what the fuck drag was, Mm -hmm. it was like, this seems like a thing. And now I am a woman who sings songs in rooms full of people. I love that, like, as a child, you had, like, this vague idea of a future weird career, and, like, you were just picturing being a pop star, essentially. But, like, you didn't know what it was. You're like, what is that when you just sing in a room full of people? Right. (laughs) And it wasn't even a pop star. It was more like, it was more like a a small room of people. I, I, like, I didn't envision, like, arenas of, of people, I just wanted to sing songs in rooms of people, and I get to do that. Like in, like in a past life, nineteen twenties, you were just like a, a jazz lounge singer. Just very, very <laughs> yeah, very that. But whenever you moved to LA, though, like I said, you wanted to pursue a career in acting. Were you trying to get into like television? Was it movies, like theater? Like what? What was the specific kind of like acting roles you were chasing? I don't know. But I, I thought that's what I was supposed to do. Because I went to college to study theater and I kind of dabbled in drag in college. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, no, I've got to get serious. I'm going to move to LA. I'm going to leave this crazy drag thing behind because that's just a hobby. And then I like had to like do the work of being an actor, which was like back backstage magazine and like looking at auditions and getting headshots and I was like I don't like and I don't like any of that. I was like I I have I would have to take out my piercings I have to get a normal haircut because I look crazy and shave the soul patch right <laughs> and I like and I have like this pierce and this, this and like and I was like I don't well I don't like that I don't like this so I was like, I'm in LA. I came out here to be an actor, and like, what am I, what am I doing now? And drag like saved my life. Well, so I was like, I didn't know what I was doing with my life, and then I like did drag just for fun. It was great. Was it like certain acting roles you were chasing, or was it really just anything that would accept you as like an actor? I don't know. Yeah, I guess I was just like, I'll take anything. Or like, if it fit your physical <laughs> description, you were just like, yeah, I'll do that. But also, like, what role, like, now there might be roles for someone who is, like, who is like that. But, like, back then it was, like, 
no, that was unheard of. Like, what roles would I have been? But with you going to school for theater, did you not think to go to somewhere like Chicago or New York to do more of like the Broadway stage kind of acting? It was between New York and L.A. And my best friend Jeremy lived in L.A. because he was studying at UCLA. And so I was like, L.A. it is. (laughs) Let's do it. Was there any like roles you auditioned for or TV shows that people would recognize that they'd be surprised to know that you had auditioned for? Like even I don't if it's think like an- I ever got to the point of auditioning for anything. I answered Craigslist ads that were like looking for drag queens for like a party, like like a birthday party. And I was like, I can do this. And I sent pictures of myself and they didn't respond. Did you ever think to even just dip down low enough to audition for roles like unnamed drag queen background characters in crime dramas or I don't know, just Anything that, that would take you? That didn't even happen until after Drag Race. Post-Drag Race? Yeah. I just... It just I, how long were you in L.A. before you really started to focus on drag? Because like, whenever you talk about it, it seems like you went to L.A., filled out like three applications, and just said, fuck it, I'll do drag. Laziness is it's just what that. led me to where I am <laughs> today. You went to like four years of college just to like move to L.A. and just like, oh, well. We had a good run. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. I was like, this, I can't do this. It's not, yeah. No, it was pretty fast. It was the first, it was, it was, it happened fast. Mm-hmm. And then I like went out and dragged because I was like, I'm, I'm like miserable. So let me like go have fun. And then I ended up like getting a job, like just from going out and drag. You say getting a job, like just like performing, just being on a cast somewhere? Working the door at Fubar. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you, you fell a long way since then, but you know the fact that you're still in the drag industry, though. You know, you're hanging on. You're still making it. I'm still hanging on. <laughs> but whenever before Drag Race, like your star in LA, because I'm not someone that's from like the LA scene. Were you like a person of note whenever you were cast, or was it just kind of a they picked her rather than these other LA legends? Like, well, where, where were I you at Drag your, Race? Yeah, where were you at in your drag career? Well, I was Sharon's wife. Like, I was like, I was swept up in the Sharon of it all. Like, our <laughs> lives changed so crazy. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was like a tornado. And we were suddenly going all... We we went from, like, not having enough money to put our, have our lights on mm-hmm. to, like, suddenly we're, like, going around the world and, like, living this life it was really wild i don't even remember really the process of like getting accepted to drag race it just like it just happened it was just like part of the 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 like craziness she should have changed her name to like sharon clout but uh with (laughs) with completely (laughs) and when i walked to the workroom the other girls were like she's just like a bad sharon which, like, to, which, to be fair, Sharon was a bad Sharon. Exactly. So yeah, that was we're gonna, really bad. Yeah, we're going to call a spade a spade. <laughs> so, like, with, like, all the craziness of, like, you're throwing an audition tape, she gets casted, and then immediately, like you said, you're rolling in all this, like, drag race money, all these gigs, you're touring along. And then you don't even remember really the process of getting casted. Was it just like the craziness of that time that just kind of made everything a blur? Yeah. It was just, or just like the drugs and the. 
Well, that too. Like suddenly we could afford cocaine, mm-hmm. which is a bad idea. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. Both ethically and monetization reasons. Don't do it. Well, I'm like, well, if I did it now, like my heart would explode. I would certainly die. But like there was a time where we did that. But do you have a heart thing? Do you have a condition? No, I just. I'm just old. I don't want, I don't want to violate HIPAA. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm just older now. <laughs> As you were saying, like, it almost like seemed like you were just like a plus one for Sharon at that point. When you were cast for Drag Race, did you feel, you said it, not me. Just echoing it's what was true. said. true. It's so true. But whenever like you were casted, did you feel like you had made an accomplishment or did it feel like you were just like that little fish on the side of the shark still? Like, did you feel you were representing her in a way? Or what did it really feel like your own accomplishment that in yourself you were representing? Totally. No, I and that that was part of, like, what they were doing there with the, like, they had to, like, break me of that. Because I was very, like, I don't know. I Like, I was, it's not that I was, like, hiding behind her, but, like, sort of just, like, needing to find my own identity beyond being Sharon's partner because Sharon's was such a huge like thing. And so I had to like find what my, what, who I was. So they like helped me do that at drag race. Did they help you like, and during the time you were on the show or was it something after the show and seeing everything back that helped you realize that it like happened during the show. And even like, it kind of happened with like the Rolaska talks thing. It was like, stop sort of attaching yourself to like, to like people and like, be your own thing mm-hmm. was the lesson they were trying to teach me. And I think they, I think they did. Mm-hmm. And then afterward, it was like, wait a second, bitch. I need to go do my own thing. And I can't be like your support system all the time. Mm-hmm. And so what made our relationship work was that like, I was her biggest supporter. And then it was like, after I had to go do my own thing. So like that, that was not happening anymore. And, and plus, we were, like, sleeping with other people and, like, lying about it. Yeah, but, you know, that old chestnut. <laughs> that, that, right? too. That old thing. But <laughs> with your with your breakup with Sharon, was that more in part due to, like I said, the tumultuous nature of your relationship? Or was it more like you really just wanted to focus on, like, your own identity outside of Sharon? If it was up to me, I think I would have stayed with Sharon longer. And I would have, I would have been like, okay, so we slept with each other. Who cares? Like, it's called an open relationship. But what I didn't realize was that she had already moved on. Like, she had found somebody else that she, like, loved. And I was, like, so devastated by that. And so it was like, I don't, you know, that that's why we broke up. So it was more like kind of a blessing in disguise of just, like, it put it pushed you into the direction you probably needed to go. Yeah. It didn't feel like a blessing. It sucks. Breaking up sucks. Oh, yeah. Like, don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. No matter what your relationship is like, stay with <laughs> just it. Just stay, stay in. No, please yeah. don't. <laughs> no, that's not true. He loves you. He just gets a little angry sometimes. It's so you know? hard, though. It's like the worst. It was like the, it was a really horrible time for mm-hmm. me. I mean, it's like a long, long time has like passed since then, but do you still feel like the tinges, the tinges like of that time period, does it still affect you? Or is it now, does it seem just kind of a distant memory? No, because once you once you go through the horrible feeling of it, then you get to the other side and it's like, oh my God. Like mm-hmm. the clouds open up and it's like, oh, it's like this whole world that I didn't even, I wasn't even allowing myself to like realize existed. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Was that also due in part of you just not being super fucked up on cocaine anymore? Was it just like, <laughs> was, was that the actual clouds opening? <laughs> I did. And I got, I got like sober mm-hmm. after Sharon and I broke up. And I kind of did it because like so much of our relationship was drinking. So it was kind of like, well, fine. I'm going to quit drinking, bitch. That was your stick in it. It you know, kind of like, helped. Yeah. It helped with the motivation. I was like, well, fine. For you, like, sipping in O'Doul's was like an act of defiance in that relationship. <laughs> it was. Yeah. <laughs> it was unheard of. Mm-hmm. Wasted every night of our four-year relationship. You come walking in. You've carefully locked the door and the key. And she turns on lies like, I knew it. You're sober again, aren't you? <laughs> Pack your shit and get out. <laughs> I'm home sober. Yeah. Like, I just... <laughs> Like, no, I was not drinking with the guys. <laughs> I swear. Yeah. <laughs> but so that was like, would you, would you say that was like the craziest time period of your life? Just like right after Drag Race, before All Stars, like the relationship, the drugs. Or like with that whole time period in general, like, do you look back at that as like a negative time period? Or do you look at it with rose tinted glasses and happy that it did happen for you? I look at it like as like a child. Like, aw. Like, I was so silly, goofy. Look at that sweet child trying their best, you know, yeah. <laughs> and failing horribly at mm-hmm. it. Yeah, that's how I look at you it. You failed your way to success, though. As we say, you're on the Mount Rushmore of like drag queens, but sure, you're here now. I mean, you're on my show. It does. It really doesn't get more prestigious I than know. this. This is real faux fur. We spared no expense. But like with most drag queens, like post show, they focus on just like club gigs. At what point did you decide to weaponize your platform to become a mediocre pop singer? Like, when did you make that decision? Oh, <laughs> uh, my God. I have to clarify. So the rabid Alaska stands don't come for me. I actually do enjoy your music. I think you're one of the few drag queens that actually make good music. But I digress. But at what point did you, like, decide to, like, shift that focus? Was that always a plan of yours? To, to be that person singing in little rooms for people? Or right. is it something that just kind of fell into place? Yeah, I always wanted to do music. Like, I, I was, like, I was even, like, producing songs before um, Drag Race or anything. It, it was, like, always part of something I wanted to do. I was, like, I want to have my own music. I mm-hmm. want it to be, like, Divine or RuPaul, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or Jackie B. The reason I got a website is because of Jackie B. Jackie B? Because I was, like, if I'm going to be good at drag, I have to do what good drag queens are doing. Jackie B has a website, so I'm going to get a website. Have Jackie B know how to operate a computer. Good for her. She does. Yeah. <laughs> it's like an HTML. Yeah. It's like a have you ever seen like the uh, the Space Jam website? It's still up and it looks exactly the same as it did in the 90s, but they still have it like up and running. That's genius. Yeah, it's just like HTML. It's like super like the little moving picture. And I love that. I don't know. Like a lot of the songs that you put out were those songs that you had written or planned out before Drag Race? No. But I mean, with my first album, I was like, my my manager, David, was like, do you want to do an album? I was like, I don't, I mean, maybe, I guess, yeah. And it was like, it was like a challenge. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what it was going to be like. But like, Your Makeup is Terrible was very organic because it, that's my bad romance. That's my biggest song in the whole world. Is that your biggest one? It's my biggest song ever of, his, of all time. Um... But that was very organic. I was like, I'm going to these gigs. I want to have a song that I can just do. And everyone on Twitter was saying, your makeup is terrible. Your makeup is terrible. Like, 
because I said it on Drag Race. Mm. So I was like, I'll make a song of it where I'm like introducing the show. Like, hello, my name is Alaska. Like, these are the words. Mm -hmm. Well, with, with that, like introducing the show, like I would argue that Hi was your biggest one just because anyone who's ever gone to a drag show ever hears the bar, that bar streaming high to open their show. Did you plan for that, that, that to be a show opening song whenever you made it? Like, did you plan for to get the streams from venues blaring that at the beginning of every show? That's what I wanted. I wanted like a uh, Jimmy James like fashionista because mm -hmm. that was the song you'd hear at every drag show. So I was like, I want a song like that. He definitely succeeded. Like I said, it, it's like a trope at this point where it's like you go to a bar. It's like, are they going to play Fashionista or Alaska's High? Yeah. Like you really did make the contemporary Fashionista show opening song. Totally. Yeah. You have that mark. You have that stain on drag no matter I what. If there's that. I <laughs> is it? What is your favorite song that you put out? <gasps> I felt such a corny interview question, but I'm just curious. That's a question for me. Ooh, and what's your least favorite? Which one are you like? Y'all listen to that trash? My least favorite is Snaked. I just don't. No. I didn't really write it. I wrote some of it, but like it's just the sort of like tone of it isn't like I, I don't I don't vibe it that much. Um, it's beautifully produced, but I just like the tone of it. I don't like I don't like performing it. Um, my favorite song that's so impossible. I don't know. Oh my gosh. I don't know, but I'm working on this new song that I really like. Oh, is it the, your favorite song is in the works right now? Yeah, it's we're, yet to we're, come. We're teasing uh, it. Is it a single or album? It's What's just coming? a song. Just a song. Yeah. This track? You could, you could plant the seed <laughs> here if you want to drop a name. That bitch. Yeah. <laughs> With fur walls, bitch. <laughs> yes, no. Um, no. Um... No, it's not, but it's wonderful and I love it. Gonna put out your um, new song. Your web series is terrible. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I've been watching your show, my little my little interview show. Yeah, because I've been wanting. I wanted to see like what does the set look like? What are the chairs like? Like, let's get into like the what I should wear and everything like that. But then like I started watching it and I'm like addicted. I'm like hooked. Oh, thank you. Yeah, whenever uh, I, I guess it was like some episode of Race Chaser where you had mentioned my show because I had so many people in my Instagram DM. They're like, Alaska wants to do your show. Alaska wants to do yeah. your show. And that's when I reached out to you. I was like, I was like, oh, my God, Alaska has time to watch my show. <laughs> I love it. And then like cut a month from now and Race Chaser is going to have a white fur wall and two plastic trees. Absolutely. Yeah. Race Chaser. Yeah. <laughs> Written like the pink cursive. Boss sign totally. that we all had to buy, but and I first saw it on the social media clips because it and and like in the social media clips you usually put you like really saying something really cunty to the person, mm -hmm. and so I was like scared. I was like, oh no, like is she gonna like read me for filth? Like, but but then once you watch the show, you're like, no, you're just like a really good interviewer. Oh, thank but you. But you get in some cunty remarks. Yeah, just a couple jabs. Well, that, that's the trick, though. That's like that's my Trojan horrors. Is I put these like little clips, so and everyone's sweet. like, "Ooh, I'm about to watch 45 minutes of Maddie giving it to somebody." <laughs> yeah, and then it's just like me asking them about like their childhood trauma. And yeah, it's just, you know, yeah, trick them. Yeah, they, they learn about queens against their will. Totally. Yeah, yeah. You gotta pull the wool over their eyes. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're not sponsored by Oduls. 
Unless. I would. I'd, I'd do an adult sponsorship if they asked. Me too. That's on brand for me, I feel. Because I don't want to promote alcohol, but like an alcoholic, you know, a beer. Beer's on brand for what people assume about me. Why not? Totally. Why not? Yeah. What's a sponsorship you're chasing that you want? Um. Uh, well, I did a fragrance. And guess what? Oh, you brought it today? Yeah, just for you. Oh, you brought me a gift? Oh, yeah. my goodness. Now I can smell like a dozen bucks. Uh-huh. <laughs> Where do you sell this at? On this my is, website. This, this isn't even the plug. I like we're doing the plug right in the middle of the interview. Well, of course. It's organic. Look how gorgeous. Oh, it actually is a nice box. And it actually smells really good. Does it? It's not like trash. It's really well done. It's just a rebranded pink eyes from Charlotte Ruse. You just put another bottle. <laughs> you know that that's what I that's what I did. Uh, when I when I first got off Drag Race, I was like, I did that perfume commercial. I have to check this to out you. later. I can't work with these these little mesh gloves. The and it's also really hard to get out. Look, what watch it's these two queens with nails on try to get this out. It to be fair, in there. I loosened it up. So you clear. did. You got it started. Yeah. Um. This is like a full bottle too. Is it overpriced? Yes. Are they sold at Santiago? Where are these? Where do you sell these at? Is it just the website? It's on my website, but I want to oh, get it placed nice. in a store. So if anyone out there like has a contact at Macy's or something, I really want it to get in a store. So to answer your question, that's what I want. Oh, you want to get like in a Macy's? I don't even care if it's made. Like I'll sell it at fucking Kohl's or um, TJ Maxx or wherever. Actually, that smells nice. It's very. I usually don't like. Floral smells. It's like it's floral, right? It has floral. It has like lilac because that's like my favorite flower from growing oh. up. And it has like kind of leather in it as well. Mm, I smell and the it, leather. And it has cocaine. Smell. Oh, that's what it was. I was, I was like, something smells familiar. They figured out how to get the smell of like when you get really good cocaine, which don't do it, mm-hmm. but. When when it's like really good, it has like a sort of gasoline smell, mm-hmm. and they somehow managed to distill that and put it in there. Like this is popular in WeHo, and they don't even know why they like it so much. <laughs> just like they're just like <laughs> just like something about it. <laughs> that does smell really nice though. Um, <clears throat> are you not supposed to dab it? I did like a perfume like sponsorship thing, and I did like a rub. Oh yes, everyone, bird. Everyone in the comment, yeah, I'm, you you are a fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone in the comments was like telling me about how I was doing it wrong. That you're not supposed to like rub. That's what they say. Oh, I learned wow. from going on a perfume show. Oh, and they like she told me all uh, about apparently it. Apparently, uh, Delta is the connoisseur of perfume. She's the per- she's she the is. residential expert of such things. She is because uh, you you can say what you want about Delta. That is a woman. That is a biological middle aged woman. Woman. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That is a lady that will ask to talk to the manager at Dillard's. Like, that is a woman. Absolutely. Ooh, it's, I feel like the smell grows a little bit. I know. It's like growing. It, like, evolved. It and it's evolves. unisexual and non-binary. Everything's unisex if you're not a little bitch about it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. That's the tagline of the perfume. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, uh, okay. So, reeling it back in, whenever you went to All Stars, like, did you really notice a difference in like your life post All Stars, or did you really just want to go back because it felt like unfinished business from season five? Like, what was your main motivation towards going back? I felt like it was my destiny to go back, mm-hmm. 
and I I felt like uh, I and I know that I know that the fans really wanted me to get a chance to go back, mm-hmm. and I felt that, and so I've just felt like really red. I felt galvanized, and I felt really ready, and like it was meant to be. And All Stars wasn't. Everyone was like, "That's never gonna happen again," because the first one was. A little rough, a little crunchy, but teams <laughs> bring back teams, bring back teams. <laughs> yeah, it's, would that yeah. be unhinged? It, it would. I'm I'm really surprised they kept the format of like the queens eliminate each other. Like they have not shaken that up since then. And, like no one really Can't likes it. That. I know it, it really feels like Rue just didn't want the the responsibility of doing it. Just like yeah, y'all just y'all decide who goes home. It's like that's your only job though. Mm-hmm. That's like literally your their their job. Yeah. Their 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 only job. Yeah. It's so dumb. It's hurtful. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. So you wouldn't go back to all winners. Of course I would. <laughs> Have you heard anything? <laughs> I'm ready now. <laughs> like not too long ago, like a year ago, I no, I I wouldn't have wanted to go. I wouldn't have been ready. But now I'm like, yes. So now you feel your star fading. So you're like, hey, oh, <laughs> ding 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 ding. Totally. Put me back in, coach. <laughs> I want to show up with a bag of dirty laundry. I want to. You already did lose all stars five. Ever, I did or like season five. I want to lose every challenge. I want to go in and just have fun and mm. just get to stay the whole time and just, yeah. But as you said, like, you felt like it was like destiny because your initial season, like, at the end, you thought you did really well, but you knew Jinx was going to win. With your season, you pretty much knew you were going to win. You've always had your finger, like, on the pulse. Even with other people's season, like, you've per- correctly predicted how other people were going to do in the competition. With that, like, how shocked were you when I didn't win season 14? Like, how how off the mark, how blindsided did you feel? so mortified. Because huh? you were like, it least, should have been at least top two, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, See, you heard it from Alaska. It's just... More opportunities for straight people. You know? Please. <laughs> yeah, it's, we still haven't had one, a winner. Well... Yeah, no, because Sasha Colby is, like, pansexual. So, technically, we still haven't had a straight winner. Yeah. Yeah. The doors. The doors. The doors you've opened. Yeah, the door Delano's. Yeah, the door Delano's you've opened. <laughs> but post-drag race, uh, you did create, like, your own pageant. It was called the Drag Queen of the Year Pageant Competition Award Contest Competition. Mm-hmm. So, this is a multi-part question. But for those that don't know, what is your pageant? Why is it different than most pageants? And why did you think it was important to start that? Well, we started it because we were annoyed that Drag Race was like, we don't have trans people and we don't have drag kings. And like, we were very like annoyed by that. And it was around that time where like, so we were like, fuck it. So like anyone who does drag, like works with all, all types of drag performers, like Mm -hmm. whether like. So it didn't make sense to like, there's only one type of drag, you know, in a pageant, there can only be one type of drag that is acceptable. We're like, we were like, no, that's weird. So we just um, started a pageant of our own, Lola, LaCroix and I, and we were like, what'll happen if we just put, you know, eight people competing against each other? Mm -hmm. Because that pageant system, too, it's also a lot more merit-based. Like, if you don't have... People don't pay an entry fee. Like, they audition for the pageant, essentially. Yeah. Or do they pay an audition fee? 
No. Okay. We want it. We want it to be really supportive of the artists. Mm-hmm. So we give them like a stipend to like help them like get their travel or whatever. And there's no like entry fee. But yeah, it is like it is um, decided upon by an anonymous panel of drag elders. Oh, they're anonymous, like in the audience. I didn't get the chance to go to the past drag con. I didn't get to see the pageant. So, like, are they on the panel, or is there, are they just no like... the ca- the casting process? Oh, the casting process. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But the judges score them mm-hmm. on the night. How many people? Just my own curiosity. How many people like audition for that each year? Millions. Millions. Mm-hmm. Damn, Drag Race could never. I know. <laughs> I know it's wild. <laughs> what, what What is your ideal? Uh, drag television series if you got to create one your own drag competition series what would that look like in the least pageanty answer um i mean it already exists RuPaul's Drag Race that's it, the one it can't be improved upon well there are things that can be improved I'm about to say but the format the structure is a thing of genius it's wonderful it's like it's like top model and project runway it's wonderful. I love it so much. I, I can't I can't imagine another thing because whenever there's other like drag competitions on TV or whatever, mm. they're like, okay, but we have to make it different from drag race so it's not like a ripoff. But then it's like, but you but drag race is perfect. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So you're making it imperfect. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, Drag Race itself is, like you said, it's just kind of an amalgamation of like a bunch of other television series. So it, it's not yeah. it's not even it's its own identity, but at the same time, too, it's not like they revolutionized television. They just took better aspects of stuff and kind yeah. of pieced it together. But, like, Dragula is successful because they didn't try to, like, let's really change up the format. They're like, no, this is Drag Race, but mm-hmm. scary. It's Drag Race with white contact. I'm, I'm still waiting for, I'm waiting for the, <laughs> I'm waiting for the boozical. When they finally, like, start having the queens, like, sing and stuff. The like, musical. When, uh, when is that coming? You please. Know? That's genius. Yeah. I want to hear the big boule sing. I want to hear that. <laughs> it's not easy being green. Like, because you know that's what he's going to sound like. The big boule. Yeah. <laughs> I think they should uh, lean into their height difference. And the big winner boule, gets to get a medium boule? No, big boule should wear super tall heels. Oh. And then small boule should wear like short heels. So that it's like even vastly more different mm-hmm. like they come in and it's like the little boule is just like in like a, a baby character character it's like we're well, not here to judge your drag i love that <laughs> yes. you're gonna see it on the next season i would love that you know i'm sure they watch this show too and i always think of like they have a third boule brother and his name's like bobby boule and he's like not spooky at all he's just like in like sweatpants like on the couch he's like you guys why are you being spooky again dude there's just like a manager of an in and out with a name badge that says medium boule on it yeah he's just he's like ah yeah the third boule brother bobby boule bobby boule that sounds like a sounds like a chef yeah bobby flay oh uh, okay yeah i was like it sounds like somebody i was like is yeah. it bobby boule i don't know i don't know how you deal with this all these, my these whole synthetic life. wigs this is my whole life wait you got it you got it now it's my whole life. People do that to me all the time because my I, I can't believe a hair has ever been out of place. <laughs> That's one thing I do admire about your drag is that it's like it's very it's very polished. It has like an, an idea. It has a, a vision. 
but it's also not all the lines aren't crisp you know it's like artistic in like a different way like i said earlier but like with your drag aesthetic like what is it you admire most in drag outside of nails of course but like what do you look for in an entertainer what really speaks to you when you're like what's a good entertainer to you a good drag queen i think i like like hilariousness and i also like unhingedness like my like the tammy browns love tammy brown i love dina martina so much i know the name i'm not familiar with her you should get into her i think you just like live like look her up on youtube and you'll get it she's just a wacko and i love that and like i love jackie beat so much Mm -hmm. and she's so funny but also so cerebral her like her songs aren't just like poop, 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 cock, 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 which some of them are. That's actually, <laughs> that's my next single that's yeah. coming out. <laughs> but, you heard here first. But they like are telling a story and it's cerebral and she's also a little unhinged. Like if you piss her off, like she will just like lose her mind like Patti Lapone, but like times 10. Just to be a little messy about it, what is your least favorite kind of drag? What kind of drag you're like? I get why people like it, but it's not for me. <laughs> what? I mean, anything that's sort of uninspired is not, you know, mm-hmm. going to be good. If, yeah. if it isn't coming from somewhere and it just feels like paint by numbers. Mm-hmm. Give us an example. Name a name. I don't, I don't have the name. Call them out. I don't have the name because it's usually not memorable. And it's like when the when the makeup just looks like the makeup that's on that's on the YouTube and the hair just looks like the hair that's on the thing. When it's not like an idea behind it, then it's like not. Mm-hmm. It doesn't thrill me. That being said, I'll still watch it and get my whole life. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> even the bad drag performances, you're still appreciative. You're just like, totally. you know, they're out there doing the damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> With your live performances, you kind of do like your own original performances. You'll do homages to other people, references. With that in mind, what has been your favorite performance where you, like of a rib you were poking at somebody? Kind of referencing like another queen, another performer. Like what's been like the funnest one for you to do? Oh, right. Because I do, I do do that. Like I, I love, I mean, I love new seasons of Drag Race because it gives me stuff to do on stage like i love not a soul can clock mm-hmm. i've performed let loose around the entire world mm-hmm. and when i do these songs now after i'm done i put the qr code of like monica beverly hills merchandise lucidly duca merchandise and i'm like okay audience please buy their things i'll mm-hmm. wait I, I got tagged in a bunch of videos because recently you did a performance i don't even know the whole performance i just got tagged in like a little clip because it went to a guitar solo and you were like, Maddie Morbus is on guitar. And then it was a picture of me just yes. doing a video talent show behind. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I mean, I'm still out here. I'm so relevant. Filling people's mouths. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> I did Heart Alone, Alone by Heart. Mm. And there's a guitar solo in that. Mm-hmm. And so I searched Drag Race Guitar and you were the first mm-hmm. result on YouTube. It's, it's really smart because a lot of queens with the guitar solos, they either just walk around and collect tips during that time or they'll, or they'll like air guitar the guitar and just yeah. 
really kind of weird sometimes. Yeah. But you, you did a funny way where like instead you're like I could edit this out or I can just make it a whole nother bit. You're really totally. good at inserting bits within bits. Thanks. It's like an inception of references. Totally. Yeah. It's like. You know, as much as I like to, you know, talk shit on my show, like I, you know, just a fangirl, like I think you are one of the most like clever drag queens, you know, because you don't need to do work me down in a leotard, you know, which I wish I could. If I could, I would be doing it. If you could do all that stuff and a jump split, you'd be unstoppable. If I could, could you imagine? I, my life would be different. Yeah, it'd be Alaska, it'd be Alaska's drag race. If my legs could do that, Mm -hmm. my life would be so different. (laughs) But post-drag race and outside of your performances, you revolutionized the world of drag when you became another white man with a podcast whenever you teamed up with Willem over at Mom. Uh-huh. Uh, but with that, but with like Willem being persona non grata with World of Wonder and a lot of the context and conversations that you have on the show, it kind of soured your relationship with World of Wonder as well. Does it? But at this point in time, like, do you see like a path forward with World of Wonder or is it just too tumultuous? Of a relationship between you. My door is open. And I've reached out. And like I. Like I. Uh, I, I like it's my favorite. Thing in the world. It's like my favorite. Show it changed my life. It like. Is my entire career. So like. I don't have any acrimony. I don't have any like. Ill will. I, I, you know, so my door's open. I emailed, um, I emailed, like, when they first started doing um, Lip Sync Assassins, Mm -hmm. I emailed and I was like, I live in LA, and if you ever need a Lip Sync Assassin, I'm here. And they just wrote back, thanks for the email. If it's any consolation, they haven't asked me either, and I also emailed them, so... (laughs) Come on! You and me are two peas in a pod. We're basically did the same you, person. Did you win lip syncs? Um, I survived one. Cause, Neither cause, one of you survived yeah. that lip sync. Because June eliminated herself and it was too early in the season to do a, sa- a double uh, sachet. So I made it through one. Good. Yeah. Okay. I could, I, could, I could win a lip sync if it's the right one. If it's like something, totally. you know? Yeah. Like if it was like, if I was against like Jasmine Kennedy and it was just like scatting. You know, very like airmail special or something. I'd do good on like something like that. <laughs> totally. Like old McDonald had a farm. I could do that. Yeah. I could do I could see that. But if the song calls for like a cartwheel. No. I'll take my leave. Yeah. I know my place. Right. Yeah. Sometimes. Um You make me <laughs> feel like a natural woman. Oh yeah. But no the, cartwheels. I would no cartwheels. Unless <laughs> unless the camp. There's a right way, I think. I don't know. There's, a, there's, you know, there's, there's different, there's nuances, there's different opportunities for everything. Totally. Because you know? uh, with Kenya Michaels doing all that, I don't think she <laughs> did stuff she shouldn't have. It's just at the level, you know. She's, you could, if she did like a simple ballad and then an occasional cart roll, it would have just been camp. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you know, she went, she went full Tasmanian double. Yeah. You don't go full Tasmanian double. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But with uh, your relationship with World of Wonder, where it is right now, is this interview going to get me blacklisted? Just out of curiosity. Like, I think it comes down to Willem. Because Willem is actively acrimonious. But like, I want to be clear that the reason our podcast worked 
works. <laughs> the reason our podcast works is that we don't we don't look at Drag Race the same way. Like she's super hypercritical of mm-hmm. like the show and the company and the ka-ka-ka, which I am too at times. But like ultimately, we don't see it the same way, and um, that's why it works. So just because I have a podcast with Willem doesn't mean the views expressed mm-hmm. are exactly the same. One of one gave me an ultimatum: Would you dump Willem? So like, hey, if we'll, what? Like, what's on the table? So like, we'll make you a all winners. We'll make you a permanent guest judge. Yeah, sayonara, hasta la vista. Or if they said like, you'll be an all winners, but you can't do mom anymore. Hasta la vista. Wow, it's that sensitive? This whole time, everyone that, thinks that you have this sensitive relationship with World of Wonder, but you have a sensitive relationship with Willow. You're just looking for an out. No, I would do it. I would. Quit, okay, they gave you two quit, drink tickets. I would quit the podcast. No, I wouldn't do it for that. Oh. I would quit the podcast, and then, once enough time passed, I'd be like, <laughs> once, the ca- once the like check mm-hmm. went, the wire transfer. Yeah. Because I'd win. No. <laughs> Once you no, know you can afford the litigation fees. No, I would actually, uh, I want Bob to win. Oh, so I would win? do everything to make sure that she won and I wanted to lose. And I want to lose. Oh, you want like the Rob did it? But once. Rob the, dra- robbed the drag. Rob the drag. Rob the drag. No, she, it's her season. That's happening. So when, when it happens, if, if they did ultimatum me, mm-hmm. I would say, all right, well, that's it. And then once the, you know, once time passed, I'd be like, just kidding. Hmm. You pull the pull a sneaky on them. Yeah, because what are they gonna do after the fact? Not put you on all winners of winners against you, Bob and Jinx. Yeah, they're gonna keep compiling it. Yeah. So you you think you think you're gonna be like, haha, I pulled a sneaky on you, but then you find out that you missed on the next big opportunity. Right. Whenever just, whenever the winner sucks. gets to become president of the United States, like fuck. It, up. it bums me out. And it's like, and honestly, it's like even if even if like like I don't because like this is something that <laughs> this picture of Willem and but this podcast network is something we like built together. Mm-hmm. It's something we built that's ours. We own it. We're in charge of it. And like that. If that has, like, soured my relationship with World of Wonder, that breaks my heart. But I'm also, like, so immensely, like, proud of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And, and I wouldn't change that. With, with, like, the podcast network that you have and, like, the accomplishments that you've made so far with, like, music, what do you want to do next? Like, what is, like, your long-term plan? What, what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind on top of what you've already created? I don't know. Yeah. And it, when I think about that stuff, it, it drives me a little mad. He's gonna take an inch a day at a time. Like, did, I you, have know, did, did to. you know you wanted to release a perfume after your season? Yes. So you, there, there are like little plans. What are like some short-term goals that you have that, uh, you, that you can talk about? This is for my own curiosity. Well, I'm gonna do more music. I love doing that, and um, the musical is happening, and I would like to see the musical get to Broadway, and then I can start winning my EGOT. Mm. And then it'll probably get turned into a movie and then I'll, you know, win an Oscar. Okay. So, yeah. So, so those are some of the more attainable goals, but like, what are like some fantasy goals that you have? Like, what are some of the more, (laughs) it's gotta have Yeah. Drag queens have won Emmys. Yeah. Oscar. (laughs) Is there any words like, did Jinx win a Tony? Or did, did she? 
she win an award? Because drag queens have won Emmys. No one's won a Grammy yet, drag queen wise. I don't think. Did RuPaul win a Grammy for anything? I don't think. Uh, like a consolation <laughs> Grammy or no. <laughs> Just wondering. It's gonna Maybe. happen eventually, and I will be ready. Maybe so. So yeah, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Look out, everybody. Alaska EGOT winner. Yeah. 2025. Yeah. Sooner than you think. I think it'll be later than that. You think so? I'm patient. Oh. It's like your your Judy Dench farewell tour. It's when you give you your Tony. It's just kind of like a a, a lifetime achievement award type thing. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's going to be whenever you get your last wowie, your lifetime achievement wowie. I would love to get a wowie. I wasn't even nominated for the last wowie. They had a category for best ally. I wasn't even nominated. The shade of that. I was like, you put me on the fucking show. You dragged me through the mud. <laughs> made me look like an idiot. You don't even nominate me for an award for a can of soup. Maybe the least you could do. Yeah. They don't call me. I, I, I can't even get on binge queens. Right. Threw yeah. me to the side. Anyway. Fine. I digress. I'm just complaining now. But with that being said, this is the last of my cars and the last bit of time that we have. But before you go, I did want to give you a gift to thank you for taking the time and coming here. Uh, as we stated before like you were always been like a very artistic kid and one of your passions has been drawing mm-hmm. and it's a gift but it's also a question for my own curiosity so I wanted to give you because you don't have a lot of time in your busy day to give you like a little sketch pad for the road oh my god so you can I know you don't have a lot of time but I also drew you a photo it's of myself today in the art style of Dasher and V. What? So to save my own curiosity, that's me. Why, how, do you, how do you know those words? How do you know that? I'm just, who is Dasher and B? What the like, fuck? Who, where'd you get these? Uh, like, where'd you get this specifically from? Because like Dasher and V, correct me if I'm wrong. Is that like you're one of your characters from the Power People? Is that your character from that? Or are those no? The Power People is different. That's okay. a different metaverse. Because looking at your drawings, Dasher and V, they look almost like androgynous superheroes. Or, or is yeah. it one person? Like, who is Dasher and V? Like, is Alaska today, is this inspired by Dasher and V, this androgynous, powerful woman? Well, actually, okay. So Dasher is actually sort of the androgynous one who sort of runs around, like, in his underwear and, like, has, like, kind of shaved hair and, like, off to the side. And he, like, runs around. And V is, like, a mysterious woman. And she, like, doesn't wear a lot of clothes either. But she's, like, a like voluptuous and, like, tons of hair. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't speak. And she's, like, in this... I don't want to say it out loud because they're going to fucking listen. They're listening on our phones and they're going to turn it into a fucking movie. And I'm, and I'm pissed. Well, the wonder... No, just, like, this is always how it happens. But, like, I had this whole, like, world that existed between the two of them. And, like, it it took place, like, in in an apocalyptic future. But, like, but, yeah. That's so wild that you even know what that... How do you even know what that is? That's, like... That's weird and like kind of scary. I do my research. How? But it's not even out there anywhere, is it? <laughs> but uh, but with that, like you've always drawn like a lot of like strong female characters. Mm-hmm. Would your is your character of Alaska? Is it the strong female character that you were always drawing come to life? The amalgamation of like the strong women in your life. A little bit, but she's different than V. Like V is 
V is her own thing. Alaska is it, it definitely like inspired by that and like the sort of women that I've always drawn, mm-hmm. but she's not V, she's different. Looking at the drawing, I knew immediately that it was you because I knew you drew women, but also like the art style, it looked like a prototype of Alaska. And that's why I was wondering, like, is this like the original? Did you draw that before you started doing drag? Yeah. So it almost like was like a planted seed that led into it because like your drag character, like I said, looks like these women that you've been drawing like all these years. It's so true. That's crazy. And, and that's like, it, it was like a natural progression. It was like, because I just would just, constantly was drawing and drawing like gorgeous women with huge hair and eventually I was like oh I can like kind of I can put this on my body instead of just on paper Mm -hmm. whenever you were first like starting drag and conceptualizing outfits and looks and things was it in that same art style and this how you like visually conceptualize what you would become essentially yeah no totally it was like yeah it is And that's why, like, when I first started drag, and I still do this, but, like, it's never, I can never just wear, like, one, one wig or, like, one piece of hair because it's, like, that's not enough hair. Like, I need multiple, I need too much hair. You need the dramatic comic book aspect of it. Totally. Very, you know, Mm -hmm. very excellent, the cartoon. Mm -hmm. Very that. Yeah, but also, too, you've said that before that whenever people dress up as you, you find it very flattering. So I thought, not only will I dress up as you, I will draw myself in your art style to go for max flattery. That's me. so good. That is what my body looks like. It is. My proportions. But yeah. You can never go wrong with blonde hair and black clothes. This is a thing. Well, yeah, you can. I've I've seen it. (laughs) I saw some of the early seasons of Drag Race. You can definitely go wrong with it. But yeah, for the most part. My friend worked at like Fashion Week and they were like, when like designers or like whatever don't know what to do as like the theme, they're like blondes and black. Mm-hmm. Just do it. It's classic. And it looks, you know, like a, like a thing. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. This is so good. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. I'm glad, I'm, glad it, I'm glad it was like up to snuff. I was like, I was doing it and I was like, this is someone that actually draws. Like, I don't know how close of an eye they're going to scrutinize to look at it. I don't even know where you found this. There's a whole bunch more pictures too that you've drawn of these characters. I love it. There was like a whole story. She pushed a button and all her hair pooped out. <laughs> there was a storyline. I was like, this is an unfinished. What? I was like, this is an un- There's like a storyline. There has to be because there's like some of the pictures kind of correlate with each other. Like there's like little stories. I was looking at it and I was like, this is a comic book, a comic, like a story that was never finished or fully realized. Yeah, it is. Mm. And yeah. now she has realized. Maybe that'll be my hit movie that'll win me an Oscar. Dasher and V? Yeah. Maybe. But yeah, with that, that is the last bit of time that we have. Uh, outside of your EGOT, what do you have coming up? Do you have like any shows or tours happening? So you're working on your musical. Yeah. What else is happening? Any exciting things? I'm doing a Christmas tour. So my best friend Jeremy and I are going to... At gonna, Christmas time, right? Yeah. yeah. He's going to play the piano and I'm going to sing songs. And we're going to go to like, I think, like 11 cities or something. But is go it going to be your, your Gaga Jazz tour? It's a little like that. Hmm. Yeah. It's just you the whole time talking about your good friend, Tony. <laughs> You love Tony. Absolutely. In between every song, you're just like, I just love Tony. Yes. Uh, I love Tony. Uh, but go to alaskathunderfuck.com and you can like find out where it's where we're going to be and stuff like that. Your website is Thunderfuck. It actually has the expletive. 
I know, can you imagine? People used to swear. Back in my day, drag queens used to be allowed to say the F word. Mm. It was crazy. I love that we're doing a plug at the end, like everyone in my audience doesn't already follow you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm giving you so much exposure right now. You are, though. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, it's uh, thank you for having me. It's wonderful. No, thank you for coming. Like I said, whenever uh, everyone told me that you had gave a shout out to my show and that you were interested in being on it, I was excited because like you were one of, I said, as much shit as I talk, like you are like one of my favorite drag queens, just in like the cleverness and the smartness of your drag and the attainability. And, you know, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you for coming here. Thank you for taking the time. And thank you all for tuning in. Make sure to tune in next time. Like, comment, and subscribe so you know whenever we have the next episode. Till then. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Give It To Me Straight is brought to you by Moguls of Media, a.k.a. Mom. Hosted, produced, and edited by me, Maddie Morphosis. With audio editor, Margot Padilla. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Big Dipper, and Joe Cilio. M. Oh.